Hello, and welcome to what is temporarily going to be country of crime. One country, one crime. I don't know. What am two, I doing? Two I crimes. I, I don't know. Yeah, one country, like two crimes. Lots of murder. Sure. Something, <laughs> something like that. Okay, we're not even recording on our normal day, so be nice to me. And so. it's, tech, it's, it's in the morning. It's in so the like, morning. We don't know what we're doing with our lives. We don't. No, so. But we're back. We're back, yay! And we're in Ireland today. I know. Which I'm excited about. Which is a country I have not visited, but I have always wanted to go to. Always wanted to go to. That's so always been one of, like, the top on my bucket yes. list of countries to visit. And I'm probably one of, like, 0.0003% of Americans who don't claim any Irish ancestry <laughs> whatsoever. But, but my mom has been to Ireland, and she even kissed... The Blarney Stones, so, Aww. yeah. Well, before we get into things today, I just want to try to figure out what the fuck is going on in Idaho lately. <laughs> okay, just, so, Kaylin warned me that she had things to bring up. I did not know this is how it was going to open our show today, so excuse my reaction, but I would like to know, too. Okay, so, scrolling on my Facebook oh, the God. other day... There were a handful of these that were one right after the other. And these are news articles that have been posted that people have shared that I have right. not seen. First one says, several women accused of prostitution at Nampa area massa massage parlors. Okay, but honestly, that's like old hat in the Boise area. There's been a number, you know, you know that. It gets worse. Oh, God. Boise pastor accused of sexually abusing 15-year-old girl. Oh, yeah, I did see that one too. That's Next horrible. one, couple, couple charged after children found in spider and cockroach infested Idaho home. Yeah. Next one. Idaho Ice World coach arrested on child pornography charges. And then it just keeps going. There was another one. Rigby couple sentenced for that making one. child porn with four-year-olds. That one was horrific. And Rigby's like 100% Mormon too, which yeah. is like, not that being, as we well know, I mean, you know, because yeah. you've got a pastor in there too. Right. But it's just a weird area for that. You know what I mean? I don't know. But my, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we're getting better, honestly, at rooting this stuff out. Because, like, and that was all posted within, like, two days yeah. of each other. Yeah. And I saw it all at once, just yeah. scrolling through Facebook. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Well, and here's another thing, too, that I, I don't think we realize. And I live in a time, you know, I lived in a time, I guess I should say, where really the only news you really heard was local news and then some big, na a few big national stories. Now, like you said, every time you get on your phone or even you turn on the TV, mm -hmm. there's something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's something being reported. And it can be halfway around the world, but it's still very emotionally upsetting. And yeah. do you know what I mean? And and I think there's a part of that. Like, I, I've just been... And, you know, we've, we've had several episodes where we both talked about how we both felt full of rage or anger and depression and... I really believe it's because I am constantly hearing about horrible things, whether, like you said, they're all happen to be in Idaho in a yeah. string or just, just wherever they happen. And I'm constantly having that emotional reaction to it, even though, you know, I granted it doesn't directly affect me, but this is crap that's upsetting, you yeah. know? And 
I just feel like after a while you do, you just, you're, you're constantly in this state of hypervigilance and it's exhausting. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I think it's, it's also a good thing that all of these things are being outed because oh, yeah. then I feel like we as people in general can just like be more aware and are able to like no, right. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's a double-sided sword. Yeah. You know, I mean, definitely. Like, there, there's, you know, definitely the... It, it's good to know things like you said. So you can take precautions. Yeah. But then there's me, you know, crazy psycho helicopter mom. And I am like that. And I know I'm like that. But it's because there's always, like I said, in the back of my mind, that thing of, well, if I'm not hypervigilant and something happens, I'm never going to forgive myself, you know? Yeah. So, it's a thing. But I saw that, and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Just, I think it was just strange, because it was literally one right after after the the other. other. Like, because normally it's like, oh, here's one, and then you get pictures of friends and kids and dogs and stuff. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, here's another, but it was just literally, I just like screenshot, scroll, screenshot, (laughs) scroll. It's like, Jesus. Well, part of it is like, you're like me on, you know, we're on Facebook, and I'm sure we're each members of almost all of the local, you know, groups that, and people are constantly putting stuff in there too, so we're just hearing about it more I yeah think. that's that's so. true i suppose um did you talk to dante much yesterday um he did tell me that you're trying to coerce him into being on the podcast i wasn't gonna tell you about <laughs> it i was just gonna be like hey surprise here's your son i totally want him to do it well and because he he and i talked a little bit yesterday and he said he was actually gonna like sit down and listen to some of them it's like about time <laughs> and well he was so funny because he came home one day and he was like mom everybody up there listens to your, like everybody. And he's like, and they don't, he goes, they listen to all of them. He was just, it was so funny. Yeah. I told him, I was like, cause he said he wanted to start listening to him. And I told him, I was like, good luck, man. You might want to start soon. Cause we're already up to like a episode. This is, this one's going to be 61. So you got a little ways to go. And then I went back in there. I was like, I have a better idea. Why don't you just come record with us? He would be good. Yeah. He'd be good. So. He's working right now, though. So. I know. But one of these days, we'll coerce him. We will. So. I, I have my ways. <laughs> I mean, as most mothers do. Yes. He either comes on or I start telling embarrassing stories of his youth <laughs> right here. Oh, well, it was funny because I told him we talked about him on one of our last week's episodes. And I didn't tell him what we said. I was just like, oh, we talked about you on the podcast. And he was just like, what? It's like, yeah. It's like, are you going to tell me what you said? I was like, no. He's like, that means I have to listen to it, huh? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well done. Well All right. Done. Enough of the small stuff. Okay. Let's get into this. On to Ireland. So I want everyone to know, I did not plan this. As I, I told Kaylin, I started my research. I said, I think I put in like historical Irish murders. The very first one that popped up was a family annihilation <laughs> murder. Although this time, there's no axe. Oh. So, yeah, there we go. But this case had, of course, what I, you know, what I have done a lot of, the family annihilation for one thing. And then, of course, I love history and I love language. And both of those are going to play an important part in this case. Okay. There's also a lot of what I hate in this case... It's ultimately a cold case, and there's a whole lot of injustice with this. So this that my my case for this week as well is 
is a cold case and there's a whole lot of injustice. Yeah. Although the cold case part of this is probably going to be very secondary. Um, And then there's also then a, a lingering mystery associated with this case that I think is very cool. And room, somebody out there needs to write a novel and or movie about this because there's a lot here that I think could really be played up. So, and then finally, it also led me to the discovery of another really great podcast, the Irish History Podcast. And he actually has at least a few episodes detailing famous Irish murders. I I don't think that's all that he does. And he has... The dreamiest, most beautiful voice. I was watching. Ugh. Oh, I was watching a documentary on my case, and holy cannoli! It was on YouTube. There was no subtitles, which is so hard. Normally, Irish accents are not that hard for me to distinguish mm-hmm. and for me to understand. But this one, they were mumbling and talking so fast, and I was like, I have no idea what you're saying well, right I, now. And I really think it depends on the the what do I want to say? Like the depth Mm -hmm. of the accent too. Cause there's some of them that are very difficult and all their words just like roll together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, you're speaking. Well, there's this beautiful kind of musical quality and you're just like, I could listen to it all day. I love it. I I love Irish accents. Irish and Scottish. Oh my God. Yes. Give me a man in a kilt. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to do a bit of history though, especially with mine. Although so, so my case is set in Ireland, not Northern Ireland, but I think we need to take a little bit and just talk a little bit about England's very fractious and violence-filled history with Ireland to help set a little bit for our case. Okay. So uh, most of, I don't know how much of our listeners know, but they're probably at least familiar, you know, that there's Ireland and then there's Northern Ireland. And... of the United Kingdom's population, the United Kingdom, of course, is England, Ireland, Wales, and Cornwall, because Scotland, I think, is out of that now. Um, Anyway, there's about 1.8 million people who live in six counties that, since 1921, have officially been known as Northern Ireland. But England has a long history of trying to make Ireland a part of it. And it gets really bad clear back in the 1500s with good old Henry VIII. He of, I'm tired of being married to you, I'm just going to chop off your head. Um, <laughs> he declared English control over Ireland and really tried to to, to make that a reality. Of course, it doesn't go well because, you know, most countries are like, no, we're our own entity. But even though Ireland, for all intents and purposes, has been, you know, is recognized as its own country and it's not part of the UK, there has still been an awful lot of English influence and things like that. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I wanted to have that as a background. Okay. Um. And there is a very, like, I don't know how much you are familiar with the violence in Ireland. Like none. Okay. So the other thing, because of this, between the years of 1969 and 2003, when officially there was kind of a peace brokered about this issue, 
there were 36,900 shooting incidents. There were 16,200 bombings. Jesus. 3,259 people were killed and over 50,000 were wounded. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, this is another thing where, you know, (laughs) I really realized just how different a time I grew. So, when I was growing up, you constantly heard on the news about bombings and shootings in London that were done by the IRA, the Irish Republican Army that was fighting for a united Ireland and to keep England completely out. Jesus. Yeah. And... In the 80s, there were um, a bunch of Irish nationalists, we'll call them, who were arrested and they went on a hunger strike in um, prison. And, you know, that was huge news all over the world. And like I said, people just forget these things. Do you know, it's, yeah. it's weird how something can be a fairly recent part of history like that. And at the time was a very big deal. You know, Prince Charles's uncle, his beloved, uh, well, yeah, I think it was his uncle, Lord Mountbatten, was assassinated by the IRA. They blew blew him up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, this is something that still has a lot of reverberations for a lot of people, but I don't think a lot of us are necessarily familiar with it. Um, there's a lot of great movies about it. If you're interested in The Name of the Father is definitely one I suggest. Sons of Anarchy, if you love that TV show, mm-hmm. you know, they had a very strong presence of the Irish who were associated with the IRA and this period that's yeah. known as the Troubles. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, so. It's been a long time since I watched that show. So. Right, so. Um, anyway, we're going to travel to what's really kind of the middle of Ireland, 40 miles from a fairly large city known as Galway in the county Galway. And the date is the 17th of August, 1882, so the anniversary just passed here, in a place called Montrasna. And I'm a thousand percent sure that I'm butchering this. And this is a thing that's also a very big part of our story, is that Ireland has its own language. Okay. So there is a, a language called Irish that is gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful. But when you look at it written... I have no idea how to pronounce things. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, we're going to call it Montrasna, which is my best approximation, just on the spelling, which is set below the mountains. It's a tiny, tiny little area. Now, in the county of Galway, there were, around this time, approximately 8,260 people in the whole county. Okay. Right? 7,330 of them spoke Irish. Okay. Okay. And of those who spoke Irish, 3,714 of them were what we call monoglots, which are people who only speak one language. Okay. So, like I said, going clear back to the 1500s, you had this very strong English presence throughout Ireland. Okay. Trying to colonize it, you know, trying to make it a part of, of their empire. A effect, an effect of that, of course, is that English had become a very common language throughout Ireland, but Irish was still very much an active language, and there was a lot of people that that was their only language in the country. Yeah. And that's going to become important. Okay. okay? So, um, 
this area that we're talking about where Montresna is, though, is a tiny, tiny, like, little place. There were only about two dozen cottages and hovels there. Um, the people, the, the farming land there is very, very poor. It, it's not very productive. A lot of people have sheep in that area. It, because it's so tiny and because there was this Irish proclivity for staying within your village, marrying people that you know. There were still a lot of marriages that were basically arranged marriages. Yeah. Um, the English looked at this as having almost incestuous connections. And of course, you know, the English had a, a long history of looking down on the Irish too as being kind of barbaric. And so descriptions of the time you know, people would often keep their animals in the house with them for logical reasons. I mean, for safety and all of that kind of stuff. But it was another reason for the English to look down on them. You know, you'd have a lot of people sleeping in one bed. And this was used in newspaper reports at the time to, again, point, you know, paint this area as being barbaric. Even though, you know, these are practices that have happened both throughout history and still occur all over the world amongst poor people today. So, um, but on this night of the 17th of August, sometime during the night while they were resting, John Joyce, his wife, Bridget, John Joyce's mother, Margaret, their daughter, Peggy, and stepsons to John, Michael and Patsy, are all attacked. Okay. Okay. The men are all shot. The women are beaten so severely that according to one report, their brains poured from their skulls. Ew. So there's something here too, that the women were so much more viciously and brutally attacked than the men. Mm -hmm. And that's part of this lingering mystery. But anyway, um, the case gets worse. So the bodies aren't discovered, I think, until the next day, actually. It might have been early, late on the 17th. I'm not exactly sure about that part. But Michael and Patsy, who was 10 years old, are still alive. <sighs> Despite this, the local townspeople don't want to enter the house, and they offer no help to Michael and Patsy. And I'm not exactly sure why that was. There was some speculation that people were afraid that if they entered, you know, that they would be associated or accused somehow. They're, I'm not 100% sure on this. But anyway, when they enter, it's really bad. So John Joyce, when they enter... And they don't enter until two constables have had arrived from Finney, which is a nearby town. And, the, and they had even, I guess, taken a long time to even send for the police. And again, I don't know why. So <clears throat> when these two constables finally arrive and they enter and, you know, actually see more of the damage, John Joyce's body is naked laying on the ground. Okay. The dogs had chewed on his mother Margaret's corpse. Ugh. Yeah, so just awful. And like we said, you know, the women, their brains are pouring from their skulls, which, ew. And 
there were rumors, I guess, in the village <clears throat> that John Joyce had a penchant for stealing his neighbor's sheep. And so that was kind of the reason that was immediately given for these attacks. Now, like we said, Michael is still alive and he lives long enough to give a deposition, but then dies. Patsy, who's 10, survives. Damn. Yeah. So he is the only survivor of this massacre. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And one of the names that was also, I guess, thrown about as a very likely suspect was a local moneylender named John Casey. But, again, I couldn't find much information about where that thread goes. And, of course, you know, we're used to the mafia in this country being, my, you know, what we call money lending. You know, they'll yeah. loan you money. And the Irish have their own kind of version of that. Whatever the truth is here, and like I said, that's going to be the linger, one of the lingering mysteries here because yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Ten men are eventually charged with these murders and arrested. Ten? Ten. And three months later, the trial begins in Dublin. Now, one of the reasons that they gave for holding the trial in Dublin instead of closer to where these events occurred was that they wanted people to be quote-unquote, you know, not uh, what's the word, like um, not prejudiced, right? Okay. However... The juries that were sat and sworn in heard multiple cases. So you would have a jury trying one guy and you had people who'd already heard a lot of the facts of the case from another trial. Does that make sense? That's weird. Yeah. And there's a lot of things about England's court system that are somewhat different than ours. So, But that's a, a weirdness there. Of the 10 men who were arrested, two of them spoke English fluently very well. And what they do is they immediately turn on everybody else and give what's called Queen's evidence. In other words, they become witnesses for the prosecution in order to get a lesser deal for themselves. Glory. Okay. Yes. And this is where the language issue becomes even more important, right? Because the rest of our people speak mostly Irish. And one of them, a man whose name is anglicized, you know, as Miles Joyce, is a monoglot. He only speaks Irish. He speaks no English and does not seem to understand English. And during his trial, he's the third of the uh, eight who eventually are put on trial. Because like we said, the two guys, you know, make a plea deal, basically. Yeah. When he's sitting there in court, one of the things that was held against him was that he looked so calm and unshaken. Well, he didn't understand a word of what was going on around him or of what was being said. And there was an interpreter in the court who spoke English, but he never interpreted anything for Miles. What? Until the very, very end. What? Yeah. What the fuck? I know. This is, this I know. Is so it, it's so crazy. So the trial goes on, right? You have this poor guy sitting there who doesn't understand anything that witnesses are saying about him. The translator is not translating anything for him. And so when the jury retur 
finally retires, it takes them six minutes to say he's guilty and condemn him to hang. What? And so Miles Joyce and two others are condemned to hang. Five of the other men are all condemned to life in prison. What the fuck? Okay. Yes. I know. Crazy, right? Yes. Yeah, this is stupid. Okay. And then the two guys who could speak English and were giving evidence on everyone else. I, I don't know exactly. I think they spent some time, but not very long. Okay. Of course not. Yeah. So poor Miles, who doesn't speak English, only speaks Irish. And is not having, he doesn't have a translator. Because doesn't have a translator. Right. Trash. Not doing his job. Um, is found guilty. He, you know, leaves his wife and five children back home. And on the 15th of December, 1882, along with two others, he is hanged. Now, these two others with whom he is hanged, they eventually pled guilty. Now, were they guilty? Probably not. Yeah. Who, we're not sure. There's, there's a very, from a lot of what I was reading... Again, the feeling is that they just pled guilty in hopes of maybe some mercy, which they did not get because they were, in fact, hanged. But even when they were confessing, they were very adamant that Miles was innocent. Despite this, all three of them were taken and hanged on the 15th of December. And, of course, just to make this even worse... Miles's hanging was botched. Ugh. And rather than breaking his neck when he dropped, he slowly strangled to death. So this is as awful as it can get. Ugh. Okay. And over the next 130-some years, there were repeated attempts to go back and get his name officially cleared. And finally, in 2018, the president of Ireland signed an official pardon and so Miles Joyce is no longer has the sentence hanging over him which is one small glimmer but the rest of this but like is horrific exactly right another very interesting lingering aspect of this case other than who really did it uh-huh. which like i said we'll never fucking know yeah i'm not sure um, is young Patsy, our 10-year-old survivor. Oh, yeah. Now, Patsy, remember, his brother Michael was also shot and killed at this time. Michael's the one who lived long enough to give a deposition. Right. Patsy and Michael had a third brother named Marvin, who was, the old, who was older than both of them. Marvin had already immigrated to the United States and was living in Ohio. And as a lot of our listeners probably know, the late 1800s, well, the mid to late 1800s was a huge time for Irish immigration to the United States, greatly fueled by the Great Potato Famine. So Patsy, shortly after this trial, also immigrates to the United States, probably to go live with his brother Marvin in Ohio. We know that he landed in New York City I guess there are records there. A lot of people know, you know, Ellis Island and all that sort of thing. And from there, we lose him. So the brother, oh, the brother's name was Martin. Sorry, not Marvin. I apologize. So Martin, like we said, had settled in Ohio. And 
supposedly, like one of his grandsons said, he eventually returned to Ireland and opened up a store and lived out the rest of his life there. We don't know what happened to Patsy. Patsy just disappears. So we know that he arrived. There are records of that, but after that, he just disappears. That's weird. And so there is another documentary that is being made, and the producers of that are trying to find people who claim descent from Patsy. And I thought that that was really fascinating. And I hope that there's some kind of follow-up because it would be kind of cool, you know, to know, did, did he stay here? You know, what happened? Yeah. So, and yeah, so those are... That's my murder this week. That that was fucking stupid. I know. And I like I said, I, I really condensed this because there's so much there. There's a great book that was written about it. I guess last year in Ireland, there was a phenomenal um, movie that was made about it. And it has all kinds of rave reviews when you look online and stuff. But I could not access it through YouTube. I couldn't find a way to access it and watch it. So I'm hoping... It, that somehow it'll get released so it can be seen here. But that Irish History podcast did, I think, a three-part series on the murders as well and really delved into some of these linguistic and, you know, historical tones to it. What is the name of that documentary that you said you could not find? I will tell you if there is a place. I don't have the watch. title of it, well, what sweetie. The heck, I know, man? I'm sorry, so I'll look it up. So don't yell at me. But I'll try and find it, and then maybe we can post it. Okay. Because I, I have an app that tells you, if you put in a movie title, oh. it'll tell you anywhere you can watch it, nice. or if you have to pay for it to rent it or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Love to do that. Yeah. So, But yeah, like I said, this case just had so much to it that it was overwhelming, and I really just wanted to get it down to the nitty-gritty, but that case is just, it made me so sad. I feel like we've gone completely opposite this time, because you have a lot of information for your case, and you had to kind of break it down a little more. I have very little information. They are just, they're very vastly different. Well, and I think what really got to me was the idea of this poor man sitting in a court. You you know what I mean? Where he doesn't speak the language. And I just, there's so many, I, I get so irritated about this all the time because of course what we always hear about immigrants to this country is why don't you learn the language? And First of all, historically, what almost always happens is that the first generation, especially if they're adults when they arrive in the country, almost never learn the language just because it's difficult. Yeah. Their children almost always grow up bilingual, speak the language at home and go into school and learn. And then by the third generation, you've got monoglots again who only speak the language of the new culture. Yeah. And, you know... and. So, like, we, we've had several students at the high school this year who have come who are, who are not English speakers, and they don't speak really any English. And so it's been a real difficulty, you know, because you want to do right by those kids and help them to learn the language. And there's always a few teachers or just people who make snide comments. You know, those snide comments, why don't you learn it? And I always look at them and I say, how many languages do you speak? And without fail, they speak one. And maybe they tried a semester or two, but they were, you know, they realized it's hard. Yeah. So I, it, it, I, I just get really enraged when people mm-hmm. cop 
that really nasty attitude, you know? Yeah. It's one thing if they've been in the country for five generations and nobody has bothered to learn the language. That's a very different thing. But just to say to somebody, you know, it takes it takes seven years to become fluent just learning the language in the classroom. Now, when you're thrown into it, of course, that time. But it's still difficult. Yeah. And so, anyway, that's my little political mm -hmm. rant for the week, but... Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah. That was not a fun... No. That was not fun. No. And they have, like, a picture of Miles Joyce that was taken in jail. And I really wish I could say his name in Irish because I feel like I'm <laughs> being disrespectful. But... And it's just... You just look at his sweet little face and, yeah, it's sad. So... So, I think I'm going to put up a poll on our Instagram and maybe in our Facebook, in our discussion group or something because... I have actually been trying to post some things on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I did post something on Monday when um, last week's episode got aired. And when I looked up the case that you had done, most of what comes up for pictures isn't like family pictures of them. Uh-huh. It is crime scene photos. Yes. And so what I ended up having to find was just like a picture of their caskets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know, and I will, if you guys want to post or message us or do anything on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, let us know, Does would that bother you? Oh, yeah. If for some of these cases, you went, I end up posting well, like, crime scene photos. And, and I'll just tell our listeners, for instance, so like with the, the um, Hinterkaifex murders. That's the one, yeah. They're not very graphic no. either. And you can, you know, and that's the other thing is historically back then, I think they went out of their way to shield. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't want to show too much in the photographs. And I made the mistake, you know, mm -hmm. we had been talking about, about looking up some crime scene photos. I love looking up oh crime scene gosh, photos. Oh my gosh. There's so, like, I, I don't know. There's something, because they are, they're fascinating. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I just, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, it's weird. I, it makes me feel kind of voyeuristic and creepy at the same time. So, if anybody else that listens enjoys looking at crime scene photos, I found this really, <laughs> I'm going to call it cool, but I found this cool Instagram page. And I'm going to have to try to find it real quick. But it is from... It is a cleaning crew mm -hmm. that goes in and cleans up crime scenes. And they like take pictures and videos and post it to their Instagram. And it oh, is wow. so cool. And I need to try to find it now. Yikes. Um, I'll probably link it to my Instagram or something because I'm not, it's okay. probably going to take me too long to sit here and try to find it. But <laughs> it's super cool. And it's, I mean, it's disturbing and cool in like a right. fucked up kind of way. You know what I mean? But yeah. Let us know if crime scene photos would be like, okay, or like, ah, oh, probably not, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Because we don't want to mortify you. But exactly. Yeah. So. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you're listening on an Apple product, yep. go ahead and... Jump on your Apple podcasts and rate and review us. We've e gotten a few. Yeah. E email us at stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We've actually... 
I put up a couple things on Twitter, not a lot, a, but I put a couple things up on Instagram. So, so we have reformed our wicked, wicked ways for now. And we really appreciate um, all of you who've been on our discussion page. Love the posts that you give us and all the comments. And thanks for listening. See you next time.